0: Hi folks, and welcome to the Empowering Dietitians podcast, where each week I explore a different topic to help you feel more confident and connected to your work as a dietitian. I'm your host, Jess Serdikoff romola a registered dietitian, dietitian supervisor, and owner of Empowering Dietitians, where I work with dietitians just like you who are tired of the status quo in our field and are ready to reclaim their confidence, passion, and purpose. In today's episode, I want to clear up some confusion for those of you listening. Do I work with all dietitians, or do I only work with weight-inclusive dietitians? I'm chatting through my evolution as a supervisor, how I made the decision that I reached, and how you can use this same process to apply to your own work with patients or clients. With the newest cohort of the Empowering Dietitians group program enrolling and set to start in little over a month, I wanted to have a more candid conversation today around the types of dietitians I work with. And don't worry, this won't be one big sales pitch, or even a sales pitch at all. There will also be parallels through this conversation to perhaps your own reflections on who you work with and why. Since the inception of Empowering Dietitians, I have grappled with who I help. Coach after coach encouraged me to get specific. Dietitians overall is too broad, they would say. Do I work with dietitians with less than five years of experience? Do I work with clinical dietitians or only entrepreneurial ones? I have to some degree resisted this. I certainly do not only work with dietitians in one line of work, like clinical or business. I've been very vocal about that, especially in my decision to not brand myself as a business coach. First, because I'm here to help you grow, to focus on you as the practitioner. And second, because there are a lot of business coaches out there, but there's not a lot of support beyond that. And I believe that all dietitians deserve support. I also don't only work with dietitians with a certain level of experience. I would say most of the dietitians I supervise fall into the under five years of experience category, but I also work with second career dietitians, dietitians with 10 to 15 years of experience and more. So I don't really define my work by that either. By far, the one I've grappled the most with is Do I only work with non diet dietitians? That one has brought up a lot of feelings. And maybe it's even sparked some confusion for you as I've wrestled and oscillated. The short answer is No, I don't only work with non diet dietitians. The long answer. <laughs> is the rest of this podcast episode. But <laughs> I've questioned whether or not I should only work with non-diet dietitians, And a lot of that questioning has come in response to advice from coaches. Something I have learned about myself is that I'm not actually that interested in an advice. Not exactly, anyway. See, I need support in the form of asking questions helping me wrestle, letting me come to my own answer. For too long, I relied on quote-unquote experts telling me the right way, which is another episode on the podcast coming out later this month. Um, And that that reliance on experts and focusing on some one right way, that leads to a lot of conflicting information and flip-flopping. First, I was told that I already have a narrow enough niche and targeting only intuitive eating or weight-inclusive dietitians would be too limiting. Plus, it's not like the issues that I talk about are unique to dietitians who fit into the weight-inclusive, intuitive eating, or non-diet labels. The advice made sense, so I continued marketing without limiting it to this specific group of dietitians. Then I was told I needed to be more specific. And that, yes, all dietitians may benefit from the work that I do. But I don't have to be the one to help them. The bottom line is that we do need more dietitians doing the work that I'm doing. And I don't need to shoulder the weight of an entire profession's problems on my shoulders. I also can't, by the way. Um, If I did, the, the support that you received would not be as good. We need diverse experiences. We need supervisors with diverse backgrounds. It can't only come from me. And so by addressing these concerns within one specific subset of the profession, according to the logic of this second piece of advice, I would be doing my part. And when I received that advice, it also made sense. So I started to specifically call out that I support intuitive eating, non-diet, or weight-inclusive dietitians. Then, what do you think happened? I was told once again that I was being too narrow. And it was at this point that my frustration boiled over. I felt scattered. I felt unclear. I was tired of being at the whim of what other people thought about my business. So I reflected on who I've helped in the past. I do tend to attract a lot of non-diet dietitians. I am a certified intuitive eating counselor and there are a lot of parallels in my messaging about systemic issues within dietetics and hustle culture compared to systemic issues with diet culture. And. A bunch of the dietitians that I work with do feel comfortable labeling themselves as intuitive eating dietitians, but others don't. See, I also work with a lot of dietitians who aren't sure. They don't love the idea of a label. It doesn't feel quite right. They don't like working with diet- with clients on weight loss, and they're really interested in non-diet and weight inclusive approaches but maybe they aren't sure. They have lingering questions or doubts. In other words, they're trying to find their place in dietetics. And part of their work with me is talking it out, getting their questions answered, and deciding for themselves how they want to practice and how they want to describe that approach. I've also worked with a handful of dietitians who do still practice weight management, but again, they're curious about weight-inclusive and non-diet approaches. They see all these posts on social media, and it brings up all of these feelings, and they don't really know where to go to unpack them all. They find their way to me, and again, part of our work together is them getting really clear on their values and their professional philosophy, their identity. We talk about privilege and bias and systemic oppression. We have the hard conversations and they decide for themselves, how they feel moving forward. I brought this grappling up in my own supervision and the difference between the response that I got from coaches versus a supervisor is remarkable. Now, partly that's because I had already taken the time to do some of my own reflecting at this point. But also, the supervisor wasn't quick to give me advice. The supervisor asked questions about who I work with, what that work is like, and what about the issue makes me feel torn. Because I had the space to articulate the push and pull that I was feeling, my supervisor was able to help me untangle myself from the different thoughts. We talked about how so often weight-inclusive coaches only work with weight-inclusive dietitians and weight-inclusive dietitians only work with weight-inclusive clients. But that, that leaves all of these people who feel conflicted. It leaves them out. They aren't welcome in these spaces, or at least that's the implication. So where do they go to grapple? They go to weight-centric or conventional coaches. And a lot of the business coaches in particular who are out there, who might otherwise be serving as a stand-in for a supervisor for a lot of dietitians, The big name coaches who advertise like, I work with everyone, it doesn't matter if you're an IE dietitian or a weight loss dietitian, you're welcome here. Those coaches, they're weight-centric coaches. I I won't say, I I certainly can't say that 100% of them are, but generally speaking, coaches who align with weight-inclusive care brand their businesses as such, and they specifically target dietitians who want to build businesses from a weight-inclusive lens. Which leaves conventional coaches who aren't fully aligned with intuitive eating or weight inclusive care to kind of catch all of the dietitians out there who aren't sure and are experiencing a lot of cognitive dissonance. And I'm here to say, I welcome the dissonance. I welcome the uncertainty. I welcome the questions. I want to be a non judgmental listener. Someone you feel confident going to, to help you build a career on your own terms. Not on mine. Again, more on that in next week's episode, by the way. But this is where I want to pause and encourage us all to do a little bit of reflecting. Yes, I I work as a supervisor to other dietitians. I don't do as much nutrition counseling work anymore. But this concept is so relevant if you do. And it doesn't matter if you're in private practice or clinical. See, part of your work as a dietitian is to understand your theoretical framework. What approach do you take that aligns with your values? But having a strong professional identity is not a permission slip to impose it on everyone you meet. And this is where I see a lot of us unintentionally slipping back into old habits. We were taught in school that we are the nutrition experts. We wield the knowledge and that in turn gives us great power. Our job therefore is to disseminate that knowledge far and wide to educate the misinformed populace. And in doing so, we will be doing good and improving the health and lives of everyone on this planet, right? Right? Except that's not it at all, is it? That framework that we've been taught is a power over dynamic. It is, we are the powerful experts and our clients or patients are uninformed subordinates who are paying us to tell them the right way to eat or live or whatever. Now... The more you get into weight-inclusive care, the more you start to realize that it isn't our job at all. And in fact, regardless of how you label your practice, I'd be willing to bet that you've already experienced firsthand how ineffective that approach can be. We have been taught to be nutrition educators, not nutrition counselors. Yet most of the time, more information is not what our patients or clients need. Sometimes, sure, not often. So a lot of my intuitive eating and weight-inclusive supervisees start to adopt client-centered care practices. Holding space, not rushing into giving advice, asking consent before sharing alternative perspectives, the whole nine yards. And by the way, you don't have to be an intuitive eating or weight-inclusive dietitian to adopt these practices, right? Regardless, in a lot of ways, they're doing their best to share their power with their patients and clients. But there is one glaring way that this power over mentality sneaks back into our practice. If you start learning about diet culture and the harms of dieting and the benefits of weight inclusive care, it is really really easy to slip accidentally into a line of thinking that goes something like this. I've read the research on dieting, and I know that my way of practicing is the best, most effective way. I just need to show you the research, and then you'll see that this is the best method moving forward. Have you ever felt that way? You have someone who tells you, that they want to lose weight, and you slide right back into that, like, I'm the expert mode. You say things like, "If or think, at the very least, if I just tell you what I know, you'll see it my way. And you won't want to lose weight anymore. I know I have. I've definitely slipped back into that thinking. And again, this is where this week's episode and next week's episode kind of overlap, where we talk about that, like, one right way, of thinking. So definitely tune in for like the part two, but I've definitely gone through this and it sometimes gets reinforced by the weight inclusive movement. Or I would say maybe the way that weight inclusive care is sometimes taught because they're kind of our rules, right? Like as a certified intuitive eating counselor, I'm straight up not allowed to promote weight loss. I will lose my certification. So that sends this subconscious message that any support of weight loss is wrong and anyone who comes to us wanting to lose weight needs to be convinced otherwise. But like many of the dietitians I work with, a lot of the patients and clients you see will be on the fence too. They are probably not fully bought into this idea of weight inclusive care. They probably still want to lose weight. And they have questions and doubts. Our job is not to tell them how to feel. It's to listen and understand and hold space. And let them decide what approach they want to take. Now look, I'm not not saying that you have to help them plan out a calorie deficit meal plan if that's what they decide they want. And it conflicts with your ethics as a practitioner. But I am saying that they need to reach that decision on their own with full autonomy over their bodies and their choices. In other words, they're going to need a space to grapple to, just like we do as practitioners. Now, in terms of the work or my work with practitioners, there was another piece to the conversation I had with my supervisor. I also talked a lot about how most of the dietitians I work with are privileged. Most of the dietitians I work with have been white, straight sized, able bodied, you name it. And because of that, we do talk a lot about privilege and implicit bias and cultural humility. We talk about white supremacy culture and capitalism and patriarchy and how it influences us as dietitians. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, that probably doesn't surprise you. We have hard conversations already. We talk about topics that some dietitians have never talked about before. And they're trying to figure out how they feel about them. So why should weight-inclusive care be any different? After that conversation and supervision, I felt so much more confident. I do not only work with dietitians who label themselves as non-diet or intuitive eating or weight inclusive. And I'm not here to bait and switch anyone who doesn't label themselves that way. I'm not luring you into a program like some used car salesman with an ulterior motive of showing you the error of your ways and convincing you to switch over no way i'm here to let you grapple and wrestle and be unsure i'm here to talk through those uncertainties and get you clear on who you are and how you practice even if it's not how i practice but there are some things that you need to know if you're thinking about enrolling in my group program or really any support that i offer now or in the future the first is that I am a weight-inclusive practitioner. So while I am committed to helping you find your own authentic identity, if you do bring a case in for consultation or if you do ask me for advice, I will give it through my professional lens, which is, among other things, weight-inclusive care. This doesn't come up all of the time. A lot of the work that I do, especially in the group program, isn't around case consultations they come up. um, But we're also talking about burnout and imposter feelings and values and time management, plenty of things where weight inclusive versus weight centric care never comes up in the first place. But again, case consultations do come up. The way you interact with clients and patients does come up sometimes. Your values, your approach, your professional identity, that's part of this. And when those things come up, It's important for you to know the approach your supervisor will take, the perspective that we bring to the table. Mine is going to be a slant toward inclusivity from all angles, including body size. The second thing that you need to know is that even when we aren't discussing case consultations or talking about weight stigma explicitly, the same systems that contribute to fat phobia and weight stigma in this society are also driving forces behind the issues that you're struggling with. See, diet culture is just a front for white supremacy culture, for patriarchy, for capitalism. I take a systems-based approach to supervision. I take an intersectional feminist approach to supervision. All of which just is to say, There are a lot of parallels between divesting ourselves of hustle culture and diet culture. So it isn't that I bring up diet culture when having conversations around perfectionism, worth, confidence, burnout, etc. It's more that the way that I encourage you to think about your struggles is going to employ a lot of the same perspectives that we take when discussing diet culture weight stigma in healthcare, and societal fat phobia. So again, you don't have to label your practice a certain way, as long as you are willing to approach these topics with an open mind. If you listen to this podcast for any length of time, like I've said already, the types of conversations that we have in my group program will come as no surprise to you. So if you vibe with the conversations I have on here, again, regardless of how you label your practice, that gives you a pretty good indication of how you'll vibe with the conversations in the programs that I run. Which brings me to the last point to keep in mind. Generally speaking, the messaging I use and the approach that I take attracts the type of dietitian who is interested in having these conversations which is often dietitians who to some degree believe in a non-diet approach. So a lot of your fellow cohort members will likely be intuitive eating dietitians or weight-inclusive dietitians to some degree. Sometimes they're practicing in clinical. Sometimes they're practicing in community. Sometimes they're practicing in private practice. So they're not all doing like heavy nutrition counseling, and certainly there are plenty of group calls, like I mentioned, that I facilitate where the topics of weight-inclusive care or weight loss aren't brought up a single time. But again, because a lot of this messaging has a lot of overlaps with messaging in weight-inclusive spaces, it does attract dietitians who resonate with that. That doesn't mean you have to resonate with labeling your own practice a certain way, but it is important to know that a lot of your cohort peers will. It's also really important to know that your cohort peers are committed to supporting you. Because of the nature of the work we do together and the way I facilitate my groups, vulnerability without judgment or alienation is crucial. Remember, I don't specifically work with dietitians on like confronting their implicit bias against people in larger bodies and then adopting a more weight-inclusive approach. This isn't a learn-how-to-be-a-weight-inclusive dietitian program. But we do talk about implicit bias a lot and personal limitations and shortcomings and imperfections. It is well established that no one in the group, including myself, is on a high horse or pedestal. And because of that, it really allows us to support one another because no one is better than anyone else for having a different experience or perspective. So to put it simply, no I don't only work with intuitive eating or weight-inclusive dietitians. Now, if you're not interested in even entertaining these approaches or the philosophies they're rooted in, maybe I'm not the right supervisor for you. Because yes, my practice as a dietitian does influence my perspectives and guidance as a supervisor. But if you're wrestling with your own beliefs, I'm here for it. I'm here to hold space for you. I'm here to help you find the right path forward for you. And so is every other member of the group. And if you listen to this episode and we're like, yeah, Jazz, I want to experience this group because I don't blame you. It's pretty awesome, right? (laughs) Enrollment is open now and the next cohort will start in October. You can listen into the outro or read the show notes for all of the details on how to learn more and apply. And regardless of whether or not you join us, I hope this podcast serves as its own space to help you grapple to bring up the hard conversations and encourage you to reflect. There is no right way to practice as a dietitian. For more on that, don't miss next week's episode. It's going to be a great one too. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast. Your support means the world to me. If you find yourself struggling as a dietitian, I'd love to be able to support you in return. The next cohort of the Empowering Dietitians Group Program is starting in October and enrollment is open now. This program is uniquely designed to hold space for you as a practitioner. Experience the transformative power of small group support where you can show up each week in all of your messiness. And know that your cohort and I will be there every step of the way, through the tears, the frustration, the fear, the changes in your career, the wins, all of it. Learn more about this program, which past participants have called life-changing, at www.empoweringdietitians.com/group. That's www.empoweringdietitians.com slash G-R-O-U-P.